0: Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth, using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. Mm. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show, guys, girls, today is episode number 103. And with me again is my co-host, hammering down the East Coast branch of the Fast Brackets podcast, J.P. Miller. J.P., what
1: is up? What's going on, Rex? Good to be
0: here. Glad to have you back, my man. Um, we are essentially in Q3 for you as a co-host. Um, I, Q1, you you put that thing in the beams. You put a nice lap on the board on Q1. Q2 came back put an even better lap on the board but it is q3 you are technically in the show but the weather's nice the track is tight you cannot you cannot my man just assume you're gonna be in the show we gotta have it today are you gonna give it gonna give it a little juice today
1: i'm loaded for bear loaded for bear (laughs)
0: <laughs> i absolutely love it we're counting on you we know you've put two really good laps on the board so uh we're gonna knock it down today all right yes sir um technically uh you you've been out racing here recently as well so uh did you did you get out here pretty soon with your car with that uh really sweet beretta of yours
1: uh yeah we didn't last weekend we didn't go anywhere the weekend before that they had a a uh, little top sportsman race up at MIR, um, so we went up there. Uh, uh, custom tees and a quarter group called Quarter Mile Brothers put it on. They do something every Labor Day. Uh, so pretty good race, decent payout. So we went up there, and tried our hand. Unfortunately, we didn't. Uh, we couldn't get out of the first round, but uh, <laughs> but that happens. Um, so did you we'll learn something and, though? Did you learn something did. about the car? I learned that. Um, I need to not change certain things. <laughs> and when the car is happy, I need to just leave it happy and, and not experiment doing qualifying. <laughs> Man,
0: I'm telling you, right? Um, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm guilty. I think we're all probably guilty of that, is changing too many things at one time, and then we don't know what affected it or where the car is at. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, you got to try stuff. You can't, You can't. can't. Uh, you can't just let it be, though. You got to try stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I was trying to make it accelerate a little harder through the 60 foot and what I ended up doing is making it not accelerate at all, just knock tires off of it. So, we'll we'll get it though. I I think I got a I got an idea of where I need to go um so next time out we'll see what we got. I like it. So, Hopefully uh, get out pretty soon. Our
0: our listeners already know this because I've said it, but uh your car is one of uh, one of my favorites. I mean, I, I love the Berettas in general, but you on top of that have a sunroof in that ride, and I, I love yep. that. I mean, I think that's fantastic. I mean, not only is that super cool, like it, it probably cools you off a little bit on some hot days,
1: right? Yeah, you can you can you can open it up and open up both doors and get a little air going through there while you're sitting in the staging lanes waiting to run. Um, it, it's pretty cool. It's it's a, a lot of people when they see it they're kind of like, oh, wow, things got a sunroof. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's got a sunroof because it's a it's a steel roof and quarter car, um, but it's just been, you know, basically cut up. And it actually, before I wrecked it in 2017, it actually still had a VIN tag on it. But once we front-halved it, that, that all went away. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I like it. I like the sunroof.
0: Did did you keep the VIN tag?
1: I didn't, um because the chassis shop never gave it back to me so I'm assuming they threw it away
2: because
1: I, I didn't I, I never even thought of 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 uh telling them to keep it
0: well I'll tell you at the. US nationals this week I ran into Andy camp um, out of Terre Haute Indiana Andy and Kyle raced that uh it's a 92 trans am and he's actually got a VIN tag on there and now that's a if I remember right that's a hoss car Haas or Bickle car and I for, uh, forgotten at this point, but uh, I mean it's a true chassis car. Ricky Smith's car at one time, but it it does have a Vintag on it, which is kind of funny. So that's why I ask.
1: Yeah, I I want to say it's at one point in Pro Stock that they, they had to use the the actual factory bodies and they had to have the Vintag. Not my car wasn't a, a Pro Stock car, but it was built. It was built basically after one. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I don't think this is it. I think Andy uh just just put the VIN on there because he thought it was uh kind of cool, which I agree with. Um, but let me ask you this, because do I don't know the rule. Do you have to have a steel roof and quarters in order to run the sunroof, or can you run a sunroof with a fiberglass or carbon um, body?
1: I don't, I don't know. Um, because when I bought the car, it had the sunroof in it, so I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I I don't know if it. I don't know if it's a If that's a if that's a thing or not, I guess if you cut one in the in the roof, and as long as it goes through tech, I've never had a problem going through tech. Like they always looking like, is that a sunroof? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, okay. And then and then they tech the car. So right, that's a that's a good question though. It'd be be interesting to find out.
0: Well, I mean, if it goes upside down, it's going to the cage anyway, so I'm not sure if it matters one way or the other, but uh, but I don't know if it stops you from getting inserted to one way or the other. Um, well, things we will find out on the Fast Brackets podcast is what we'll do. We'll figure that out and get back with you guys next week. And if somebody knows, then holler at us so we so we know that uh, tech information. But uh, JP, we've got a great one today. We've got a great one for our guests. We've, uh, we're going to recap the U.S. Nationals, the 68th running of the U.S. Nationals, it was phenomenal. I mean, all week was good. We have the two winners of the top sportsman and top dragster, Vince Hoda on the top sportsman side and then your two-time US Nationals top dragster winner, Rusty Baxter, is going to come on and talk us through what is just a a long week. Now, I'm going to tell you I don't live very far from the track, probably a mile and a half. I mean, I ride the golf cart over there. But I was there from tuesday through monday it's a long week for somebody who's not racing these guys who are racing living out of their you know toters and things like that boy it is a um it's a long week and to get it done is i mean really something to be proud of and so those two guys are going to come on and talk us through their week that was and i cannot wait to have them on um so Guys, girls, get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute, clean the shop, work on the old heap. But metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. And JP, we got to follow up on a conversation we had last episode, which was the I H R a shakedown. And man, that thing has, has turned a little bit since the last time we talked, has it not?
1: Uh, yeah, it looks like, um, we know it was confirmed. Larry Jeffers bought IHRA. Uh, and now it looks like, um, I guess this other, this other group is coming in and, uh It looks like a lot of tracks are signing on with with the with the other group with the Wdra. So I guess it'll it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the coming months, um, and see you know who's going to run what classes and you know all of that stuff. So I, I I I guess everybody just needs to grab some popcorn and sit back and watch <laughs> <them>. <laughs> until we figure all of this out. Right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And to our credit we absolutely had it nailed on how that whole thing shook down in that, you know, the the purchasing and the uh, kind of gamesmanship, if you will, from all parties involved. And then, so we had that right, which is good for us. I don't think what anybody had in their um, crawl was that there would be the WDRA, the World Drag Racing Alliance, which has started, and and that you know the main guys involved with that: Don Scott, Scott Gardner, Royce Miller, Carl Blanton. I mean, those are guys that you know very well respected. Um, but the W.D.R.A. wasn't a thing two weeks ago, so you no. know that that's uh, that's what's interesting, and I I think it makes sense to a lot of tracks on a lot of uh, a lot of levels um you know obviously the, first of all it's an interesting thing uh it's an alliance and not an association and so really i mean if you're thinking about as a track operator and i it was very glaring to me because in the january of this year i went to what was called the drag strip operators uh, meeting and expo and that was just a you know essentially an expo for all of drag strip operators and what was very clear to me was all these guys were doing the same thing, and they needed—they—they were—I mean—really begging for help with purchasing power, right? So they were all buying traction compound. They were all buying cokes for the vending machine. They're all buying pizzas or whatever it might be, um, you know, scoreboard lights. Well, of course they should have purchasing power, and it's what it sounds like is the the most pressing thing. Uh, for this guy, Don Scott, um, which by all accounts, the guys that I know really, really respect him because he, he ran uh, the Central Illinois Dragway here for the last two years. Those guys really, really like him. And it sounds like that's what he's doing is creating, uh, you know, creating value for these guys by creating a co-op. Is that the way you understand it, JP?
1: Yeah, that's... um. I listened to a little bit of his interview and, and that seems like the direction that he's going, um, which it, it, to me would be good for the tracks. Um, it, it will make sense for them to kind of all come together and, and and you know, get the most bang for the buck on the supplies that they buy because they buy a lot of this stuff. So, you know, why not everybody come together and get the best deal on um, gas?
0: That said, man, it, uh, it will be interesting because we have smart guys on both sides of the table And, you know, um, ultimately, I think they all want what's the best for the sport, and it'll be interesting to see which direction these guys all go.
1: Yes, it will. I'm going to be tuned in and and making sure that I'm trying to stay up on the latest happenings with with all the sanctioned bodies because I'm interested to see what is going to go on. Yeah, from a forward. from a
0: promoter standpoint, which is where you come from as well, right? You've got you've got your promoter hat on. You're trying to decide who you can work with the
1: easiest, correct? Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and so, uh, all right. Well, what we'll do, my man, is um, you know wait for more information. But it is interesting. I think the W D R A is up to forty some tracks under contract now. Um, really quickly getting up to speed and really, truly interesting. All right, let's put this thing in the beams presented by AFCO Racing Products. Guys, girls, we're going to do something really special for you today. We have not one, but two drivers we're going to put in the beams. And we're going to start with your most recent U.S. Nationals Top sportsman champion. He's sitting number three in the world right now in the NHRA point standings. Welcome to the show, Vince Hoda. Vince, how are you today, my man?
3: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
0: I bet you are doing great, brother. I mean, you <laughs> just hoisted the biggest, best Wally at the biggest, best race on the planet um, last week. So uh you you got to be doing well, huh?
3: Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. Never uh never in my wildest dreams did I did I ever imagine uh being able to do that. It's pretty spectacular. Just something else.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's pretty good. Um in order to tell this story, I think, correctly, we gotta go way, way back and you know, we just gotta ask you how how did you get started in drag racing?
3: Um yeah, I like to think it's a pretty interesting story. Um, when I was uh, a youngster, always into hot rods, uh, love drag racing. My family and I, we've always done, uh, you know, car shows and street car stuff. No racing of any kind, but We've but we always had cool cars and things. Uh, my uncle back in the 80s ran a Superstop car, um, and I remember being three, four years old at the Cajun Nationals in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, watching that, and I guess that just, affected me uh, for life so I've always wanted to have a race car and um we just weren't in it like that so I told my mom and dad like look I seriously want to do this and they said well tell you what uh be a good little boy uh go to school make the honor roll uh help the family business work uh no drinking no drugs no trouble nothing like that when you turn 21 we'll buy a race car so uh I, I took that pretty seriously and, um, I held up my end of the bargain. So, uh, about my, you know, third or fourth year of college, uh, I reminded them that it's time to start looking for a race car. That's was about when I was 21. <laughs> right. And, uh, they, they, they held up their end as well. They, they said, okay, let's, let's do it. Um, you know, I, I worked for them at, at their dairy queen, uh, all through you know like my later years in high school all through college i helped them run it um and you know i tried to be a good little boy and so they they said it's time to buy a race car so we did and um we got on racing junk looking on the internet starting to look for a car um i just in in my mind i just wanted like you know just something you can go weekends at the local track and uh run it down and just have a, a good time i didn't really ever imagine being you know, like a competitive race car driver. And um, I guess my dad, being the smart man that he is, knew way better than, than to go that route. He's looking online at, like, pro stocks and these, these really wild, exotic race cars that uh, I probably had no business sitting in. But uh, he came across an ad on Racing Junk from uh, St. Amant, Louisiana, was a Jerry Haas Firebird that was for sale by Bert Frajean. It was a top sportsman car, mm-hmm. and um, it was a really nice piece, and it had won, a, you know, several races and championships and things like that, and he says, I think we need to go look at this car, because he said, you're going to get tired of, you know, just a little weekend warrior deal. He says, you know, it's going to feel fast at first, and then after you get used to it, you're going to be tired of it, so we, uh, my family loaded up in the truck, we drove from Diamond Head, Mississippi to St. Amont, Louisiana, and met the Johns and looked at this car and after uh, just a few minutes of there my dad's like we're going to take it and at, at that point you know it got kind of serious for me I, I was like oh okay well now I got I to gotta drive this thing right so, um, and we had no prior experience uh, never sat in a race car never been on the track and we didn't have a trailer to haul the car in we didn't have a motor for it we didn't have a truck to pull the trailer I mean we had, we had nothing and um, I guess Bert kind of realized that and said, look, you guys are obviously new here. Um, why don't you buy this motor from me also? I'll turnkey the car and I'll teach the kid how to drive it. So
0: Fantastic. my parents
3: agreed. So we wound up buying a turnkey top sportsman car. And, um, you know, so it came time, you know, to go watch the car go down the racetrack and I'm going to get in it and, uh, we went to No Problem Raceway on like a Wednesday night testing team, and uh, we met Bert over there. He brought the car, set me down in it, showed me how to fire it up, and I mean, it was really intimidating. <laughs> but
0: what was in it? What was in it to was... begin with? So, yeah, Vince, what was in it to begin with? Mud water.
3: It had a um, an Elijah Boyd five fifty five single carburetor, all motor at the time. Okay. And then it at, and Bruno Linko transmission. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was a combination. Bert had run in the car, like, you know, really fast super comp days and like early days of top sportsman. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a super high horsepower combination, but it was way more than anything I'd ever been in. You know, I'd never been anything more than just, you know, my street car. Sure. So Bert gets in the car takes it down the racetrack. It runs like eight thirty, something like that. And I mean, it's all over the racetrack and I'm standing on the starting line. And I, I I'm, I'm sure my eyes were the size of softballs Cause I couldn't believe what I was watching. And he gets back from the run. He gets out of the car. And I was like, you know, I asked him was, you know, is that a pretty good run or was that kind of hairy? He goes, no, that's, he said that was fine. And I, at that point I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> so, and I was like, man, I don't know if I could do this. And uh, he says, no, get in the car we're going to go down the racetrack. Even if you just idle down the racetrack, you have to get in the car. You're going to be mad at yourself. Cause I mean, at that point I, I, I was pretty psyched out. Yeah. So, uh, when was this? How many years car. ago was this Vince? Oh, this is, this is like, I don't know. Uh, like September of 2006. Okay. All right. And so, and I thought, so, yeah, I'm like a senior in college at this point. And, uh, so he makes me get in the car and we drive it up to the start line. And I uh, just kind of like blip the throttle one time through the water box just to kind of spin the tires over. And cause I'd never done a burnout before and, uh, rolled up to the stage beams and like literally just all, but let the thing idle down the racetrack. I mean, just like barely touched the gas. And so we, we loaded the car up and took it home after that and, wasn't real sure if we were going to be able to do this or not. Cause it was way, we, we had bitten off way more than we could chew, obviously. So, um, Bert said, you know what, we need to rent the track and you need to learn how to drive this thing. So, uh, a couple weeks later, we, we rented no problem raceway. And, uh, this is like I don't, it, it was really hot. I remember it being extremely hot. The track was like 140 degrees, something crazy like that. And, uh, we went out there and I got in it and did the big burnout for the first time and staged the car up. And when the tree come down, I matted it, let go of the button, and I could not get my foot off the accelerator fast enough. It <laughs> just like, it horrified me. <laughs> what in the world have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and, uh, I, we stayed there that whole day, and I don't ever think I made it all the way to the sixty foot under power. I mean, like it was just way more than what I could deal with, or what I thought I could deal with. And um, so, but once we kind of figured it out, you know what we're doing, you know, we know how to start the car and do the burnout and stage it and launch it and all this stuff. So we loaded it up, brought it home, and every single week from then on, for like six or eight weeks, we went to Gulfport Dragway every Wednesday night and just tried to you know cultivate seat time just get in it do the burnout and every week i would get it a little bit further down the track and um the the first night i made my first full pull um there was a, another young kid there and he was like in the dragster or something and uh everybody was making over you know how fast the dragster was and he was just learning too so I, I guess I uh, was able to psych myself up enough to, to to make a full pull, and my my first full lap down the quarter was like an eight fifty at one hundred and fifty miles an hour, something like that.
0: You weren't letting that dragster uh, have the fast pass of the night, were yeah? You? No, I absolutely not. I, definitely, <laughs> I
3: outran him and everything. Yeah, I, I mean, I had to get up for that. So, oh, um, my it's all about the competition, you know. Even to this day, that's how I, I live for it. So,
1: absolutely, that, that,
3: that's how we got into this thing, and um you know after that we started uh just doing little bracket races here and there just to just to get seat time and and learn about this stuff uh Bert Prejean really took us under his wing and uh he says well now you need to get your your NHRA license and um we did that 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 very same year you know maybe like in November of 06 I got my NHRA license and um he says, "Well, now you can you can come run top sportsman." And he told my mom and dad, "Y'all are gonna have to buy a motorhome and a big trailer." And just, we had no we had no idea what we were getting into. And uh, you know, obviously we uh, we went to our first race. I remember it was at No Problem Raceway uh, for the NHRA division. Or it might have been the Sport Nationals back then. And um, man, it, it was it was wild. And we were just doing it with the pickup truck and little trailer and. Uh, we found out really quick that you actually do need a motorhome and a big trailer and all these things. So the very next race we went to was at Memphis and we had a motorhome and (laughs) we were at least pretending like we knew what we were doing.
0: Yeah. Well, no, it's the, it's the, um, it's what you have to have all the stuff, right. So that you can compete at that level because it is no messing around. And if you, if you don't have all of those things, you know, you're just, yeah, you know, kind of spinning your wheels. I mean, I think if, if in that regard, and it sounds like uh, Bert has, was really good to you in terms of getting you set up and kind of showing you how uh, to get done. Yeah, yeah, well, we
3: we would we we would have just still been in the pickup truck with the little trailer going up and down the racetrack. You know, had no idea what was going on if it wasn't for for, for his help. He he was he was pivotal in in, in our learning curve.
0: Yeah, well, uh, much respect to him, but I, I think if we if we uh, go down that path too much farther, then we're going to have to uh, hear what Cole has to say about it, and maybe Darian Bosch as well. <laughs> so I think, I think for everyone's sake, we better change gears here a little bit.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they've not uh, hacked our uh, conference call here and chimed <laughs> in yet, because I'm sure they got they got plenty to say
0: uh I am absolutely sure of it but uh no you you've got a good group of guys to race with down there and uh certainly uh, you know uh, it, you know that's the beauty of this sport as well is guys that are competing with you are happy to lend a hand to help you help you get it done you know we talked about it earlier um yeah. you know and, uh, with the associations and stuff but i mean you know there is this group that is trying to help you get better um i'm curious though you're not still racing that Uh, you know what you raced um, 15 years ago so when did you make the move to this car and tell us about the car that uh, that you want it with okay so the the
3: we had an incident with the jerry Haas firebird in 2011 uh right after my wife and i got married um uh, our local track here gulfport dragway was having an event and they wanted to have like a like a heads up pro mod-esque exhibition for this mm-hmm. big bracket race and uh bobby called me and said hey do you want to come do it i'll pay x amount of dollars just he's like i don't even care if you get down the track or not just come put on a show do big burnouts and it was um it was myself and um delaney weaver from marrero louisiana he had a tough sportsman mustang at the time and we were going to do like this chevy even though mama's bird. is like chevy versus ford match race mm-hmm. and uh we couldn't get down the track you know, it wasn't really prepped for what we were trying to do with it. So, um, on about the third run, uh, I had a, a, steering failure and the car just went across the track, got in the wall, flipped over and it was a mess. So, um, yeah, it was a tragic, tragic end to the firebird. I got all beat up, had to have surgery on my knee and all kind of stuff. It was, it was, it was terrible actually. And, um, so we had a little downtime in uh in 2011 obviously that was at the end of the year it was in like october and uh but i mean i remember being laid up in bed all black and blue bruised couldn't walk and i was on racing junk looking for another car already and um i stumbled upon an ad that lee Atkins had posted for his became 68 camaro for sale Mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe that that car was for sale because that, that car was like, you know, I mean, I knew the car, yep. and uh, it was originally built for Greg Hines in Alabama. He raced it in Top Sportsman, so I would seen the car race with us a couple of times, and then the Adkins acquired it, and he ran it in Pro Mod and a little bit of Pro Nitrous here and there, like ADRL days,
1: <clears throat>
3: and um, I, uh, I called my dad was like, Dad, Lee's, Lee's got that black car for sale. He says, call him up. So... We called him and um uh, we you know, didn't really even negotiate. He had an asking price and it was it was within what my mom and dad were willing to spend, I guess. So um I said I, I asked Lee if it was okay, can we come look at the car? He lives in Linden, Tennessee, so it was it was a hike for us, you know. And uh, he said, Yeah, come look at it and I said, Well look, is it okay if I go ahead and bring my trailer? <laughs> he said, Yeah. So, so we went up there and checked it out and I mean it was everything uh, that I, you know, remembered, remembered it as it, it, it was an awesome, awesome piece. And it was only a couple of years old at, this, at that point. This isn't like, this is in 2012, I guess. And, um, you know, the car was an 08 model, so it was only four years old. So it was still like, just amazing. And, um, we, we loaded it up and brought it home and started putting it together. And, uh, we, uh, we took it out you know, a couple of times just to go test it, you because know, it, it you know, it was kind of you know, new car stuff, new car blues, I guess. You know, everybody kinda goes through and you get a new piece and uh Lee Atkins met us at a couple of ADRL races and we tried to run it top sportsman and uh, you know, there was there was there was another learning curve with with the new car. Um and but, so uh, you know
0: did you, we, key, did you buy it turnkey? Did you buy it turnkey or did you uh, have
3: you... No we um we we kept the drivetrain out of the Firebird because uh, it fortunately wasn't damaged. Okay, and uh, so we same same motor went in the new cars. It was uh, a Sunset Racecraft seven oh six Nitrous motor, um, and, and the Bruno Bruno Lico that we had had in the Firebird. Um, we only kept that five fifty five Elijah Boyd motor for one season. Uh, we we raced in two thousand seven firebird with a little motor and then uh we called tracy dennis and had him build us a a 706 for the next year and uh once again bit off more than we could chew but (laughs) it was fun fun nonetheless
0: so is that you still run the 706 in it i mean is that the same no
3: no actually no we um we retired the 706 last year um we we uh 706 or got a lot of runs on it. I mean, we've we've always had it freshened by sunset, and um, but you know, I mean, it, it's from two thousand eight, and it still got the original crankshaft in it and things like that. So, came time to, that we were going to need to start, you know, doing some major work on it, and upgrading it, I guess. So we kind of started putting feelers out for for a new bullet, and um, I came across an ad on Facebook Marketplace, believe it or not, for a uh, a rear and eight fifty five in New York, and it was a, it was a pretty good deal. Showed it to his Dad, and we kind of always wanted one of these big motors. So uh, we bought that, and um, once again, bit off more than we could chew. But um, <laughs> so, had, a, had a lot of help from from a lot of good people getting it together. Um, when when we decided we wanted to buy this big motor, uh, I called a buddy of mine. Uh, you might know you might know him. His name's Jeffrey Barker, and I said, "Look, uh, we want to get this big motor, but you, you got to help me if I get it because I don't." I don't know what I'm doing with it, and he, he agreed. So we bought this five three. It actually wound up being an eight seventy two uh, okay. with four systems on it that was being run in ProMod up up north from uh, from Matt Deach Actually, had it in his in his Pro Mod, his Northeast Outlaw Pro Mod Camaro,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, it had been really fast, you know. And uh, we 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 kind of are of the mindset that you know if we um you know kind of over and then you know kind of underuse. it, it yeah. should live is, yeah it's yep. kind of how we think so um we're obviously not using it to its potential but you know it goes any fast for us and we're kind of babying it
0: you know so do you spray it then or do you have to spray much then i mean 872 i would think you you've i know you're spraying a little bit but uh, probably not a whole heck of what are you
3: yeah, no, we're just we're spraying one system on it for our for our race tune up, you know, for bracket racing, and then uh, we've kind of lately um, been experimenting with with giving it a little bit more during qualifying just to get qualifying position. It's, and and it's, it's just fun. Yeah, we turn it up a little bit. We we we, uh, we sprayed it at, at Indy on our I guess that would have been on our Thursday night session, whatever night that was. I can't remember that whole week's kind of a blur. But uh, we we sprayed it a little bit harder and it went.
0: 633 at 222. And uh, it's moving. So that, that was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So you bring this uh, 872 Tim Magama 68 Camaro to Indy. And uh, I mean, did you have a feel coming into the track? I mean, first of all, I mean, Indy is a week, right? I mean, it is a long yeah. week, right? Um, but did you have any feel coming in? Like when you go through the gates, did you go, man, this is my week? Or what was, the, what was that like? Uh, I mean not really.
3: Um just because of the competition I knew was gonna be there. I mean you you pull in the staging lanes and everybody's got, you know, single digit and two digit numbers on their windows. So, I mean everybody's, you know, top ten and division champions and finish second in division. So I mean I didn't really go into it like that. I really went up there just to run the JEGS All Stars. I was really excited about the All Stars. And um I was like, well, while we're there, obviously we're going to run Indy. But I mean, I really had no expectation of winning. You know, with, with the with the entry list that that they had, you know, the names on that thing, you know, big names. Yeah. So, uh, we roll in the gate, and I mean, as soon as you pull in that place, I mean, it's like it's like nothing else that I've ever been to. You know, I mean, it's got this big sign hanging up it says, you know, welcome to the big go, and you just get goosebumps. And. uh I mean, it was it was really exciting, but no, I really I really had no idea that that I could even that that I was going to be the one to, to to win the thing. It was uh it was it was pretty wild, total surprise. Well,
0: you had a little bit of early, early issue, right? I mean, you had a little backfire or something, yeah. you had to, and then patch. But then that was in qualifying, is that right?
3: That was actually in the first round of the All Stars. Oh, okay qualifying qualifying went really well the car ran exactly what it was supposed to run um, you know all systems go no problems and then we go up there for the first round of the all stars do the burnout everything's fine back it up I go to clean the motor out and it just backfires the intake off of it and um i' I've never had that problem ever before never experienced anything like it i mean it was it was pretty wild so obviously we you know couldn't refire it we got pushed off and we towed it back to the trailer and Started taking it apart to see you know what was damaged i called my my now engine builder sandy wilkins and uh he uh, answered the phone in the first ring i don't know if he saw what happened or not but he answers the phone immediately and we start going over what to look for you know where where do i start here and mm-hmm. uh we went through we went through every little thing and we found we found no problems so we uh we put it back together and fired it up and it seemed like it was fine so said well i guess we're i guess we're good
1: to go for the big go
3: yeah all we got left now yeah all
1: stars was over before it even started unfortunately (laughs)
2: right
1: how how did you uh going from that and then going into eliminations how did how how did you keep your focus you know in between rounds well i imagine it's a lot of time between rounds yeah it
3: is it's days in between rounds up there yeah and uh but i've got a lot of trust in my equipment um i feel like i've got a really really good combination right now i've got a i've got a good car the the engine transmitter the converter everything it works really really well and um i kind of feel like it, it it makes me look good you know because the car does the same thing every single pass and uh so really all i have to do is you know have you know keep the keep the light green and it, it should turn out okay so i i rely heavily on the car to do what it's supposed to do so uh you know really really didn't have a plan other than that just you know try to make sure we we've been over every little every little issue and make sure we don't have any problems going into the next round and try to keep the light green hopefully the car will continue to do what it's been doing okay
0: yeah so uh, a lot of people saw the final round that was posted on facebook um walk us through the the final I mean, like, what were you thinking, like, when you finally, you know, <laughs> stage it up to win the U.S. Nationals, uh, you know, and then what was the plan of attack, and and how'd you go about that?
3: Well, I try to approach every round the same, uh, whether it's the final at the U.S. Nationals or it's the first round at you know just a divisional back home. Uh, I I work really hard on focusing all of my uh, energy on on the same thing every single time so i try to i try to tell myself it's just another round you know but um uh, th- that's difficult at at indie because i mean it's it's such a big it's such a big deal i guess you know i mean they're such a big operation and you know you can just feel the electricity in the air it, it doesn't feel the same but um that was my game plan was just to approach it like i approach every round and Really, don't worry about who's in the other lane or what round we're in. Just go up here and do the same thing that we did last time. And uh, so it was. Um, so we get up there, and I'm racing a, a buddy of mine, Craig Lyles. Um, he's another Division Four guy. And uh, last time I raced him was So so um, I felt like I owed him one. <laughs> so we get up there and we do the burnouts and the coolest thing about racing at a national event to me uh especially when you get in the later rounds is uh they got the, the big jumbotron going so you can you can see yourself on there when you're doing the burnout and because uh, that's really the only time you have to to look at anything like that and really kind of take in what you're doing so i see us both do the burnout, and we back up and um nobody comes over the radio and and you know i'm i'm Backing myself up what I feel like isn't isn't, you know, where I need to be. And then um a voice comes over the radio that I've never heard at this point during the run before is my wife. And she starts backing me up. Normally my dad. So I didn't really think much of it. But um we uh we back up and then my dad's back there doing the wheelie bars.
0: It just goes to show you how big road. a moment that is. That like and you're trying to take it in, right? Because yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. as good as you are, as good as you've been, you never know if you're going to have this moment again. So you kind of want to take in the moment and,
3: you know, got uh, something to do with our success is that we're, you know, as a team, my wife, my dad and myself, uh, we, you know, we're able to adapt. To, yeah. You know, at least we at least we think we're able to adapt. We try.
0: Yeah, no, that makes, that makes perfect sense. So how do, how do you celebrate then? I mean, do you, uh, do you just get like an extra large, uh, blizzard or I mean, what happens to celebrate (laughs) the U S nationals?
3: Uh, I I don't even know. We just, just try to bask in it, I guess. Um, it's really one of those things that, uh, you know, it, you mean, you know, you've won it and it's, it's this big, huge thing, but you know, it, it, I don't even know if it's really hit me yet. I mean, I'm, I'm every day I look, I look at that Wally sitting on the shelf that I got from there, and I, I, I walk by it and I read it, and it says, you know, U.S. Nationals all the time, and it's like, I, I just can't, I can't believe it, can't believe that's sitting on my shelf there, and it really does say, 2022 Top Sportsman Champion.
0: That's so awesome, brother. It's so awesome. I'm absolutely. happy for you. And uh man, you you absolutely killed it. And now you're sitting number three, so I mean, you got a chance here, right? I mean you gonna make a run, yeah. uh try to make a run for the national championship then. Well,
3: um, yeah, I guess we're I mean we're just gonna go to what races we can in the rest of the year and just do the best we can uh wherever we go. Uh our next stop's probably gonna be Charlotte. Uh we had a good weekend there last year, so maybe you know try to go there and do that again and uh and then we'll probably go to the fall nationals in uh in Dallas and then we'll just kind of see where we're at from there but you know try not to uh stress about points and championships and stuff just try to go out there
1: and have fun do the best we can uh, do, do you prefer do you prefer racing on the bigger stage or does it matter as far as you prefer the national um, event deal or the national events are, are, are
3: pretty fun uh you know it's, it's the atmosphere at the national event and obviously you got folks in the stands and you know you got you know all the all the all it's a big to do but i mean really and truly as long as i'm strapped in the car i don't care where we're at or what, you know what we're doing it's I, I just i like to drive the car
1: gotcha gotcha
0: well you mentioned that uh, you're just going to do the best you can and i what i would say is the best you can <laughs> is win the u.s nationals so my man, uh, keep that rolling, um, the rest of the season and then come back and, uh, and talk to us when you get another one, or if, uh, you know, you make a run to the end of the year, but certainly appreciate your time this evening and, uh, you know, walking us through your program, your history, and then the, you know, the biggest win of the year, the winning top sportsman at Indy at the U S nationals. Yeah, I mean, thank
3: y'all for having me on. I've, uh, I really enjoyed it. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully I'll get to talk to you guys again soon. Maybe another winner, possibly even a championship. Absolutely. Yeah, go get them, them,
0: my man. Guys, girls, that was your champ. That's your U.S. national champ, the great Vince Hoda. All right, for the second half, the other lane of in the beams. Guys, girls, uh, could not be happier to have this repeat guest on. He's your 2022 U.S. Nationals Top Dragster Champion. He's also your 2019 Top Dragster U.S. Nationals Champion. And um, also your leading points getter in uh, NHRA Top Dragster National Points Count right now. Please welcome Rusty Baxter. Rusty, how you doing, my man?
2: All right. Thank you, Rex and JP. Both of y'all. Hey, Thank how you, you doing, Rusty? All right.
0: You Rusty, you um, just won please. the uh you just won the Rusty Baxter invitational is what it sounds like or feels like now <laughs> in, in the US <laughs>
2: Well, somebody somebody else made mention is this your racetrack now and i said well i guess 50 percent of it is anyway
0: <laughs> yeah there's a there's been four um, there's been four uh u.s national top dragster winners or at least uh events and four Wallies given out and you have two of them you've got half of all the ones that have been given out it's it's very very impressive
2: uh it's very lucky is what it is i'm 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 very happy and blessed and i got to take a little luck along the way to get there i can tell you that we had some we had some issues but we struggled through them so uh it just worked out Uh, before we get much deeper rex i'd like to say a couple of things one to thank my wife and my son because without them none of this would have ever happened without a doubt it it just wouldn't have. it's uh it's a pretty big ordeal for us to race and especially at my age and my wife and helps me out and my son's helping me out shoot I, it just wouldn't happen without them
0: i'm glad you said that because um well a couple things maybe our listeners don't know first of all um you recently had a birthday how old are you
2: well, I, I turned 70 at Bowling Green, and I just got to say, 70's the new 50, I guess, huh? <laughs>
0: of course. <laughs> of course. Yep.
2: I, I, had, hey, yeah.
0: I had a conversation with a guy earlier today about, you know, uh, well, we just can't do the things we used to do, and it's a young man's game. And I was like, I guess this guy's never met Rusty Baxter, because that, that <laughs> guy's doing it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely getting it done too. And, Seventy, that's impressive.
0: Right. And then and now then also tell tell all our listeners how long you've been married because Kay has been uh by your side for a long time, is where 51 uh
2: 51, 52, 51 and, a half. 51 and a half I can't even count that far. I didn't go all the way through school.
0: <laughs> that's uh that's a heck of a run i uh i, I I've joked before that uh for for me to be married 51 and a half years i'd probably have to be married 47 times so oh. you know <laughs> nicely nicely done yeah it's it's cool though right to have all all those guys um rooting for you so much that they hop in and and help you know turn that car around because truthfully from the semifinals to the finals they don't give you a bunch of time uh to come back uh, especially on monday when they're they're trying to finish that thing up and if i remember right that's the last round of the night so you know everybody's right. kind of waiting on that thing so they don't give you a whole bunch of time and um, it's i mean pretty good to have all those guys in your corner going all right we got you just you know strap in again and go make another lap
2: and that's about the way it worked too it was a it was a blessing i can assure you they uh they did did all the work and i just kind of okayed a couple of things and we slam dunked it and there we go you know so yeah it was good i'm glad they were there cuz it just been down to me and kay at that point we wouldn't have been able to get it done i don't think yeah yeah
0: um well that that's good you did i mean man you've had um you know you put yourself in that position so we all need a break if we're going to uh, hoist the Wally at the end of the day and and you did you got got the break you needed and then you capitalized um obviously that <laughs> that uh, push rod held on for just long enough to get you down uh, further track but i mean you've won two now rusty i mean what what on earth man i mean that how would did that when that wind light came on i mean could you hardly believe it
2: uh, I can still hardly believe it. It may take a day or two for this to actually settle in. It's a, it's just, it's just a wild feeling, you know, you know, uh, Ed Dudley was in the other lane and he, he was very, very well equipped to win that round. I can assure you, um, you know, the, the round before the third round, I was so happy when, uh, that while there's light went red and I was winning and I lifted it top end and I heard a racket and I thought, Well the car's flooding and I just went ahead and killed it like I always do but I said to myself, I'm gonna check everything when I get back. Well I was so happy about winning the round I forgot to check anything. We just got ready to go on back up there. And when I cranked it, uh, in the lanes up there It sounded like a tractor, and I said, oh, my God. So we got together with my wife and and other friends uh, that were there helping us, and uh, Wayne and uh, Ricky, they were there, and we all just talked about it. And I didn't really want to crank it and run it, but what are you going to do, man? You got to at least try to stage it, and I'm running through my head. What else can I tear up? And we just got lucky. I had lane choice. I put Ed in the right lane, and Ed's good enough on the tree. He he can cut a good number every pass, just about. And I was hoping that the lanes were different. I thought they were a little different, and hoping if he still tried to be double O something down low, he was he was gonna be in trouble. And we just got lucky, and it worked. As soon as he as soon as he left, went red. I roll a little, kill the motor, and took it back to the trailer.
0: Yeah, that's uh it I mean, we say, you know, you gotta be uh you gotta get a little bit lucky at some point. Um, but the second you staged it up you knew what was wrong with it and you were like, All right, we got a plan of attack in between rounds here.
2: Oh yeah. Uh we got back to the trailer. I knew it was a lifter, uh push rod, something like that, and hoping it was a lifter. And I mean a push rod, and we got back to the trailer. Everybody was there: Wayne and Ricky, Jim and Debbie, Danny and Mark Smith, and Scott and Van and Greg Williams. I mean, them guys were on that thing. I couldn't—I was so flustered at that point. I couldn't hardly think. Luckily, they all got it, got me put back together, and uh, I said, "Well, maybe to make one round." <laughs> and I can assure you, <laughs> I can assure you, one round is all it had. <laughs> it, uh, lifted at the top end it was broke again so luckily dane's car had broke a little worse than mine did and i was in front so when i lifted i was i had the light up there so it worked out all right yeah it was it was a uh, very nerve-wracking though i can tell you
0: and and you're sitting in first place nationally um you know in the point standing so obviously you've got an opportunity here that is just you know, not everybody has, and so have you um, started, uh, you know, going after the car and getting that fixed so you can make your championship run here?
2: Well, you know, the the vendors that have been with me the most and helped me the most are Scoggins and Dickey, of course, and then Robert and Wynette Hudgens are representatives of Scoggins. They've helped me quite a bit. And Danny Nelson has helped me repeatedly, and he builds – a really nice race car. I, I I tell you, I see other people shaking the tires and doing this and doing that. My car just doesn't do that. Danny's has built me a really, really good car. And I know uh, maybe at eight cars, he had like five of the eight, I think, in, in that was left in there. So right, yeah. That's, that's proof right there of what, what he's able to do. So... Yeah, they, it's been a, it's been a blessing and had a lot of help for sure. And uh, the motor, the like I said, the, they Scoggins and Dickie's built me a good motor. I haven't had any issues to speak of. And this pushrod issue was something on my part. It's like I said, you get lax on maintenance, and that's when things bite you. And that's what happened to me.
0: Yeah. Well, you had a, you, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to do a lot of maintenance out on the road, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you got through it. So now you've, you know, got things, you, um, as soon as those tracking numbers come and, um, you know, get that, you'll have it, uh, ready for the kind of the final push. Um, one question I think I do have for you is what, what part of your program, uh, does Wayne Landry help you with other than bring the ice cold fireball for you when you get in the winter circle <laughs>
2: <laughs> well <laughs> wayne gives me something else to work on when mine ain't broke for one thing i think we've worked on everything he's got but wayne and ricky are just good people and they they travel with us sometimes and and uh they, they did most of this trip here and they're just good people and good people to be around and wayne will keep you cracked up i can tell you that uh but he helps me he was part of the people that were helping put the car back together after the round like i said him and uh jim uh danny nelson mark smith star scott spies uh van williams uh greg williams uh they were all over there Jim Thorpe yeah, and uh, Wayne was one of them. You know, he was right in the middle of all that. And he said, "Do you need parts off my car?" And I said, "Well, we might." So he went and started robbing parts right there. So that's the kind of guy he is. You know? Yeah,
0: man, it's it's wild. Those are the type of people involved with this that are just it makes it it makes it worth it, right? I mean, uh, and obviously it's worth it for you because you know at the end you're you got in the winner's circle. But even if you hadn't. You know have those guys on your side i mean that there's some uh there's some there's some value in that as well
2: we've made a lot of good friends across the nation doing this and that's the that's the biggest thing i think in all of it uh i, I don't even dad dudley who unfortunately went red in fourth round i had just met him the week before and he seems to be as nice a guy as any, anybody you want to meet, you know. And he come walking up, I think, when you were standing there, we were t- getting ready for pictures. <clears throat> and I said, Ed, I'm sorry. And he said, no. He said, you played the game right. He said, you did what you needed to do. And he said, I missed it. And It worked out for you. And that's the way it should be. So uh, he's, he's a stand-up guy without a doubt
0: well that's uh that's great um really appreciate you coming back on because i know uh you've got a lot to do um you know with the car and and you know just in in getting ready for this kind of championship push but uh rusty um congrats again i mean man uh the two-time u.s national top dragster winner uh i mean i it's uh, incredibly impressive and um could not be happier for you
2: well, I I probably interview better when uh, when I've had that cold fireball.
0: <laughs> well, don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Rusty, thanks yeah. so much for coming on and um, and you know uh, keep it rolling, man, guys, girls, you're you're 2022 um, two time U.S. national top dragster winner. He is number one in the national points. He's number one in divisional points. And he's number one in the JEGS All-Stars points right now. Man, the great Rusty Baxter, if you need him. Today's Half Track Report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. And before we start... We have to give a shout out to our very own Drag Race Lawyer because a couple of his clients, Antron Brown in Top Fuel and Ron Caps in Funny Car, won the US Nationals. Ron Caps actually doubled up in that challenge race for Funny Car. So my man, Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com watched two of his clients celebrate winning the greatest drag race on the planet in what are definitively the top two classes in our sport. So congrats to Drag Race Lawyer for a fantastic week and get at them for all your high horsepower legal needs. Um, guys, girls, we covered the U.S. national winners in Top Sportsman and Top Dragster right there. We had uh, Rusty Baxter and Vince Hoda come on. Um, but let's cover a series that we have not covered in a little while the midwest drag racing series and jp they got down this weekend how'd that go
1: a uh, pretty good race it looks like they had um a pretty solid field in top sportsman and top dragster uh glenn butcher was your number one qualifier at 393 at 185 in top sportsman uh, Annie Stralsberg was the number one qualifying top dragster, 369 at 198. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's, that's, that's flying. Uh, top dragster winner was Billy Swain over Jared Ledford, uh, 447 with the five on the 447 dial to edge out Led- Ledford's 441 on the 440 dial. Okay. And, uh, top sportsman looks like Michael Chitty, um, took the win over, uh, I think this is Glenn's son, Maximus Butcher. Uh, yeah yeah four thirty one one on a four twenty nine dial over maximus is four ninety six on a four ninety five dial so they had pretty good show i think they had eighteen cars in top- uh top sportsman and twenty cars in top dragster so it looked like they had decent fields in both and guys got out there
0: yeah that's uh that that's good for them because um i know they've the that series is has uh, not struggled that's not the right word they're just trying to decide exactly how they want to structure it you know 16 32 car fit how they want to do it yeah and um you know martin always has good cars up there obviously in a good good part of the country to get cars very happy for them and uh and maximus i mean no surprise right no surprise that uh, glenn's glenn's kid is gonna you know be good at what he does um so oh yeah
1: he's uh he's popping up everywhere they race that down so he's 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 getting a lot of laps in so you
0: know he's uh and we had uh gary schween on the the show not too long ago and that and maximus is driving his old car so um you know no no surprise um around good guys and you know learning the sport that that guy's that kid's gonna be a big big star big big star oh yeah so. um well good for them um for the and it's good for all of us when midwest drag racing series is doing well so uh thanks for that update and man let's let's hope they keep it rolling whoa let's get out of the groove for just one minute and talk about antron brown uh the winner of the u.s nationals top fuel dragster he wins on monday Um, i mean he's just an all-around great dude but he wins the u.s nationals in top fuel on monday and then immediately gets in a plane flies to washington dc and testifies to congress on behalf of the entire motorsports industry so those of you that don't know uh there is this thing called the rpm act and it needs to be passed it absolutely needs to be passed by congress but it is in ensures that we can modify cars in order to race them on the track and you know they it's just frustrating because what they're doing is with the epa overreach is take away our sport so kudos to sema for sponsoring this rpm mac kudos to pri for backing this RPM act in a big way. And kudos to Antron Brown for speaking up for all of us. He was an unbelievably great
1: speaker. Absolutely. Uh, Antron Brown is a great ambassador for the sport, and I was happy to see him doing that. Um, and also, if you if you haven't done it, write, write, your, write your local representative and, and tell them that they need to back this because – this is basically what we do and a lot of people's livelihood and a lot of people's enjoyment that's at stake here. So it, you know, if, if they get this through, then what's next. Um, and you know, I, I've got my opinion on politicians and it's not a very high one. I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, I, I absolutely, um, uh, it would urge everybody listening to, to go out there and contact the local representative and tell them to get on board. I contacted mine and, uh, I'm sure Rex contacted his, and it's just good, uh, because if you don't, then we're not going to have these cars, and we're not going to have anywhere to, to, to race these cars, so it's always a good thing to see people out there fighting for what we love.
0: Man. I isn't that true, JP? And uh, thank you for that. Thank you for taking the high road. I, I'm not going to at this point. I, I <laughs> promised myself I would, and I'm, I can't do it. I mean, like, so one of the things that happened this week, and I know not everybody cares about, it, but the Queen of England died right this week. I mean, we know the Queen died. Okay, whatever. And so half, half the world is uh, sad she died. Half the other world are, are losing their minds about the monarchy over there. And and what I say is, what is the difference at this point? I mean, they had over in England, they had one person controlling society that was completely out of touch. We have a uh, hundred uh, senators, we have four hundred representatives, and and a couple other people. Yeah. They're completely out of touch as well, and they're ruling, you know, uh, making laws that they have no idea how it impacts us. I mean, the last two years are complete, complete and utter. Uh, evidence that they have no idea what's going on. They are not even interested in the actual facts of what's going on in life. And this is no different. They have no idea what's going on. They're going to pass or not pass a law based on essentially who raises uh, their hand and screams the most. And then they'll go back to their lives, uh, you know, essentially being the Queen of England. And it's idiotic right now. And I'm uh, about ready to lose my mind. So, thank you to antron brown for saying it better than i would because i think i would be uh trying to fight all of those uh people in congress i mean shaking them by the neck going you people are passing laws that you have no intention of actually living i mean it's uh they don't even read them no absolutely (laughs) not so uh thank you antron brown for doing the right thing and uh, making sure I don't do the wrong thing. All right, as we hit the mile per hour cone today, we got to talk about two major milestones in the sport of drag racing. I mean, major, JP. First of all, Greg Anderson wins the U.S. Nationals in pro stock, and that is number 100. That is 100 Pro Stock Wallies that my man has uh, back at the shop. That is unbelievable. It is uh, the most ever in that category, and truly, truly
1: impressive. Oh yeah, definitely impressive. And and uh, he will probably get a couple more of that, that, That's a that's a tough team. It, it really is, and uh,
0: you know, obviously trained by some of the best. Uh, you know, worked with Warren Johnson for a long time, uh, and yes. and you know, it's just to get it at Indy has to be pretty impressive. And I think for all, a lot of our listeners, and, you know, I consider the same thing. I mean, pro stock is, you know, is uh, kind of the holy grail for a lot of us that run uh, top sportsmen. I mean, we think, you know, that's kind of the where we would go. So, I mean, you have to give that guy credit for uh, getting that done. I, I would not be surprised if Erica catches him at some point along the path. But,
1: no, I, I wouldn't. At the rate she's going, yeah, she'll right probably
0: right but uh but 100 and to get it at indy whoo pretty special huh
1: yes it is um
0: and that's that's impressive but maybe not even the most impressive thing that happened on a drag strip over the last week or so um jp you i think you follow the motorcycle stuff a little bit closer than i do but this is ridiculous. This is absolutely insane. This person should be locked up. They should never be allowed in public. Um, is this guy Eric Tebowl? Do, do you know anything about him?
1: I just, I hadn't. I heard of him vaguely with the jet power bike, but I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention until the news popped up this weekend. And I was just like, wow. Uh, all I got to say is, is Brass. right
0: so so for our listeners Eric Tebow he goes on a motorcycle he he straps a jet pack on that thing on his motorcycle he goes 497.6 in the quarter mile at 290.5 miles an hour so he goes almost 300 miles an hour on a jet powered bike um down in santa pod australia so he he you know the australians are a little bit crazy to begin with uh we love them for it but this guy is certifiable you can't go in the fours in a quarter mile on a motorcycle can you it's uh
1: apparently nobody told him <laughs> that you <couldn't laughs> right because, right because he did it, and it was and i mean the I looked at the video of the past, i mean it looked smooth, it didn't really you know, but uh, that's, a, it, a, that's a that's a whole lot more than I would want to be doing
0: j p it better be smooth at two hundred and ninety miles an hour i mean because if it's not what i mean what happens i mean it's it's tragedy
1: right yeah, um the worst thing that could happen is you could, you could blow off the uh, bike. Like what, uh, what happened to the late great Elmer Trek. Um, Mm. and, and that, that will probably be worst case scenario. Any, any, anything at that speed is not going to be good. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, listen, I'm, I'm
0: all for people with mental health problems, getting help. And I think, somebody needs to help Eric, Eric Bolt because he clearly has (laughs) mental health problems. He clearly is is a danger to himself and others. And what he did by going 497 at 290 plus miles an hour and a quarter mile is certifiably insane. Yep. Um, I always thought the nitro Harley guys guys were
1: wild, but, uh, Wow. Wow! Yeah, wow. this is this is next level. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek in the other lane. Let's do it, JP. Let's take the stripe, guys, girls. That is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number one hundred three. And there it is. There's there's the sweet, sweet sound and the win light. Oh man, it's. That is so awesome,
1: uh, JP. We had a great week this week. I mean, did we not? Oh yeah, two great guests. And, um, also a lot of great, uh, a lot of great stories from around the world of racing, and I guess some from the outside world of racing. <laughs> right,
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, it's um, it it's it's really good. Like uh, Vince Hoda came on, was unbelievable. Rusty Baxter came back on. I mean, you guys know he was on episode 21. He came back on and killed it again. Those two guys were just great and, um, you know, well-deserving champions. But, uh, man, what another great episode. And uh, I'm I'm just uh, really fired up right now. I'm
1: really fired up. Oh, yeah.
0: All right. Well, guys, girls, you know, uh, if you have comments, questions or curse words for me, you know the way to get at JP and I and, you know, JP, that was another good pass. Uh, I think Q3 probably puts you in the show, brother. Nicely done.
1: I appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm trying my hardest. I was I was trying to trying for the Hail Mary tune up here. But- <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I
0: like it. Um, well, well done. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get you in Q1 or uh, the first round here soon. But uh, guys, girls, I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe.
3: Episode this week rex and jp by the way jp what exactly does
1: it mean when you say jpl mary that's basically the tune that we load in when we're at pdra and it's q3 and we're not in yet <laughs>
0: <Ooh>. <laughs> right throw the kitchen sink at it right it's,
1: we throw everything at it it's it, it, it either gonna come by qualified or burn up <laughs> yeah heck yeah well, man. vince Vince said that he just he just uses them deep pockets to
3: he over what he over purchases and underutilizes.
0: Well, I got to give Vince a lot of credit because he said he he went to work at DQ, you know, uh, to to get into a race car like when I was that age, when I was in high school, I would have went to work for DQ, but it wouldn't have been for a race car. It would, no. have been, it would have been for the other stuff that was running around TQ. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I give, I give him a lot of credit. Today's episode of the Fast Brackets Podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, Like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing.